Hey everybody, my name is Caitlin. And I'm Nick. Thank you so much for tuning into Morning Breath today. If it's your first time with us, welcome. Morning Breath is a daily devotion where one of our pastors and a co-host read a chapter of the Bible the night before, come in the next day, and read it on air with you guys, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, or on the radio. Yeah, if you're wanting to learn more about Morning Breath or just anything about East Coast, you can find links to both our website and app in the description below. Well, that's everything from us. Let's jump into the Word. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, what's up and welcome to the podcast. I'm Matt and this is Jessica. Hello. Doing? doing great. How are you? I'm great. You know, it's August 9th, which Woo. means that tomorrow school starts. Woo. It also means tomorrow is my mom's birthday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. I know you're my biggest fan besides Matt. Yeah. So. Thanks. So school's big for everybody. Yeah. Um, some of us seem a little more disconnected from those decisions. I feel like I am, and I feel like you're way more connected. Yes. So can you just... True. Not for me, obviously, but for everyone else. Like, what are the some of the big things you've been dealing with with school? Oh, just... Well, I'm kind of like hybrid homeschooling, so we're getting curriculum ready. We're making sure that our kids haven't forgotten how to add one plus one, which, mm-hmm. you know, they may or may not have. And the summer, as fast as it has gone... It goes slow as far as like retention. So I just feel for teachers at the beginning of the year and they get these brand new crop of whatever, you know, from third to fourth or fourth to fifth or whatever. And they're like, have you ever been in school? I'm sure there's just such a a learning curve for Mm -hmm. those first couple weeks of school. Plus with all the, you know, the, the chaos of COVID and all that stuff it makes has made teaching really difficult. So we just need to be praying for our teachers and for the kids to go back and have a great year. Yeah. So. So when you say homeschool hybrid, um, that could mean a lot of things, but what that means is we've actually, for two of our kids, we've hired uh, with a few other families. We've hired our own teacher privately, mm-hmm. right? Do you yep. want me to say this? That's fine. You feel? I feel like uh, this is private. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. It's a secret. Is this now? Secret? Everyone knows. It's okay. Fine. Well, may, maybe somebody's like, "Well, why didn't you talk to me? I, I would do that with you." Right. That's okay. what I feel like. Well, we didn't start this. We just jumped in. We jumped on. Yeah. The, jumped on the train, but. Long story short, I love this because you can make creative uh, decisions for your kids. Yep. Okay. And uh, as long as, you know, those creative decisions aren't harming them and their precious brains. <laughs> <laughs> With our oldest son, uh, we've got him in homeschool and college. Yeah. He's doing EFSC dual enrollment, which is awesome. I wish I could have done that. Mm-hmm. Like, if I would have known that was a thing, I would have done it. Mm-hmm. So that's been amazing. He's already done with a year of college. and He's going into 11th junior. grade, yep. and he's got a year done with college, setting him up for much less money on education. For us. For yes. us. <laughs> and for him, you know, which yeah. is cool. And so for the big thing is we're, you know, we know you guys are going through it. We're all making big decisions. Yep. And uh, we're praying for you. We're believing God for you. We're in this together. This is not a time to get out of church community, but to lean into your church yes. community. Um, this is a time to go to church still. Like I know I'm a pastor, and obviously I want people to come to my church, but I, only reason why I am a pastor and I pastor a church is because I know what it does for people in their lives, mm-hmm. and it helps give them peace. And rather than pulling away in the middle of the storm, lean in to the middle of the storm. Yeah. You, know, you think about Peter when he looked at the wind and the waves, he had to reach up and grab, grab Jesus' hands as he began to sink. You know, if he would have looked at the wind and the waves and started swimming away from Jesus, mm-hmm. like 
Jesus would have had to chase him down on the water, you know, yeah. like, hey, Peter, where'd you go? You know, like, but because he stayed in proximity, he was able to reach up and grab Jesus' hand. And yep. I, I think the same works for our lives is as these big pressures come on to us, lean in, lean into the church community, lean into your friendships. You like our creative idea about hiring a teacher? Do that. Yeah. Grab some people in your church community, hire somebody. I think that's the thing that COVID actually did was it gave everyone the... Um, well, it forced you into doing something different and it showed you that you can do something different. So for us, we homeschooled consistently for 10 years. And then the season of COVID, we just were like, well, what should we do? Should we do something different? And we did. And so I think you can just make, and this may not even be what we do next year. I don't know, but I'm not scared to make changes yeah. and to make different be choices. Be aggressive for our yeah. children's uh, education. education. Yep. So um, our question for today is from Cindy Smith, and the question is, which historical figure would you most want to work for? So my answer was Jesus, but I think we work for him. So that's Are we cool. allowed to say Jesus? No, that, that was my first answer. Oh. Funny answer. My second answer is, I think this is how I say his name, Johannes Gutenberg. <laughs> he was the one who made the printing press, and he printed the Bible, and I love books, obviously love the Bible, and how cool would that have been to be on like the cutting edge beginning of the printing press? Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. So I'm not going to be as like um, printing press-like, hmm. you know? I think that I would love to work for and with an athlete, like a famous athlete. I think it would just be a lot le like kind of like a fantasy of mine to mm -hmm. work in an area that's I would feel like maybe less pressure. Yeah. And like people's lives aren't hanging in the balance. Oh, their eternity you know? and such. Yeah. Yeah. Like their eternity and all those things. <laughs> so like imagine what it would have been like to work for John Elway. Oh you know, God. like yeah. um, to be like his trainer or something like that, right? <laughs> uh, or like a really yeah. famous golfer and you'd get to just like... Be their caddy. Yeah, but yeah, that would be pretty dope to be a caddy of Arnold Palmer or Jack Nicholas. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be cool. The proximity to them, that yeah. would be so fun. It's fun to caddy for people and just walk with them and, yeah. you know, help them. A lot yep. of pressure, but not eternity pressure. Yeah. Just, can I get that ball in the hole? Mini pressure. Yes. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, that'd be fun. That's awesome. All right. So we're in Mark chapter two, and we are just getting into the book of Mark. Started last week, and we're continuing on, and I will read. All right. I will read all of it as my gift to you. Perfect to Mundo. <laughs> Jesus returned to Capernaum, and a few days later, the news went out that he was at home. So many people gathered together that that so many people gathered together that there was no longer room for them, not even near the door. And Jesus was discussing with them the word of God. Then they came, bringing to him a paralyzed man who was being carried by four men. When they were unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above Jesus. And when they dug out an opening, they let down the mat on which the paralyzed man was laying. When Jesus saw their active faith springing from confidence in him, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there debating in their hearts the implication of what he'd said. Why does this man talk that way? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins, remove guilt, nullify sins, penalty, and assign righteousness except God alone? Immediately, Jesus, being fully aware of their hostility and knowing in a spirit that they, what they were thinking, said to them, why are you debating and arguing about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and pick your mat and walk? 
But so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority and power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, get up, pick up your mat and go home. And he got up and immediately picked up the mat and went out before them all so that they were all astonished and they glorified and praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Jesus went out again along the Galilean seashore and all the people were coming to him. And he was teaching them. As he was passing by, he saw Levi, Matthew, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax collector's booth. And he said to him, follow me as my disciple, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk. And he got up and followed him, becoming his disciple, believing and trusting in him and following his example. And it happened that Jesus was was reclining at the table in Levi's house and many tax collectors and sinners, including non-observant Jews, were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many of them and they were following him. When the scribes belonging to the sect of the Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with the sinners, including non-observant Jews and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, those who are healthy have no need of a physician, but only those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners who recognize their sin and humbly seek forgiveness. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting as a ritual. And they came and asked Jesus, why are John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fasting, but your disciples are not doing so? Jesus answered, The attendants of the bridegroom cannot fast while the bridegroom is still with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is forcefully taken away from them, and they will fast at that time. No one sews a patch of unshrunk new cloth on an old garment, otherwise the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old, and the tear becomes worse. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the fermenting wine will expand and burst the skins, and the wine is lost as well as the wineskins. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. One Sabbath, he was walking along with his disciples through the grain fields, and as they went along, his disciples began picking the heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and his companions? How he went into the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the sacred bread, which is not lawful for anyone but the priest to eat, and how he also gave it to the men who were with him? Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath, and he has authority over it. Amen. Amen. So we're, have anything that stuck out to you? Yeah, I want to um, say something about Matthew, the tax collector. I want to give credit to a friend of mine, Justin Daly. He's a pastor out in Winter Park, uh, Orlando area, Action Church. And he had a great little one-minute Instagram kind of uh, video from one of his messages, and he said something. It was a little intense. But it really, uh, it really rung true to me. He, he said Matthew lived his life robbing people. Um, you know, he was a tax collector, mm-hmm. and so he would fish money off the top, and people hated tax collectors. And he said when he received his calling from Jesus, if he said no to that, he would have been robbing God mm. of, his, of what God was giving him. Wow, that's good. And he turned that on me and you and us and said, when God calls you, when you, if you say no, now you are robbing God. Oh, my gosh. And it kind of hit me. And I was like, wow, that's kind of intense. Uh, thank you, Ju- Justin. You've got a gift for that. And But it was really important for that to be said. Yeah. And it was like, wow, when God offers us something and we don't take it, now it's as if we are robbing the Lord Mm -hmm. of that in our life. And I thought, man, oh man, I just want what God gives me, I want to take and I want to run with. Yeah. When he offers me forgiveness, I want to receive that forgiveness. That's so good. Uh, When he offers me purpose, I want to walk in that purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, 
if he says, take your time, talents, and energy and give them to the gospel, <laughs> I want to do that, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to keep all that. Yeah. Powerful. Obedience mm-hmm. really comes down to that. That's very convicting, and I needed to hear it. Thank you, Justin and Matt. <laughs> that was so good. I want to talk about that moment, though, when Jesus did basically come to Levi, who's Matthew, and say, follow me. And I want to think about all the things that he had to leave to do that. Like he was wealthy. He had, so he had material, earthly goods, finances. Um, He probably had to wrestle with a lot of fear because he was beholden to the Roman government. And he was probably um, like they were depending on him and they were using him. And then he was in turn using his people, the Jewish people. And so he probably had fear coming from every angle. Yeah, he had to kind of like betray the Roman government to quit. Yeah. And, and he'd then, been betraying all these people. Right. And so he's going, he's betraying these people who were pretty dangerous and then ruling the land. And then he's be- walking into this um, new life with these people he betrayed for so long, not knowing whether they were going to accept him ever, believe that he was a changed person ever, but he did it. He, there was something so compelling about Jesus that when he said, follow me, he left his booth. I'm thinking of the chosen. If you have not seen the chosen yet, the moment when Jesus, I could cry, when Jesus calls Matthew to come follow him, they portray it so, oh, so beautiful. I don't remember that. I do. It was so good. I know. So tell me about it because I don't remember that part. Well, it's just, well, I remember like I a said. lot of other things about Matthew. Like, well, he's I've, in the tax booth. I love booth. his character. Yeah, he's a really good, well. I don't uh, remember that moment. He's, he is. He is awesome. His script is great, but it, like who he is as a person and how he portrays that character is really good. He kind of has like savant uh, type like quality, a, yeah, autistic savant qualities. Um, he's like a, a genius, yeah, with money, numbers, and but he's also like OCD ish and like everything's clean and he yeah. has clean sandals and clean hands. And, yeah, you know, he's like afraid to touch everything. You yep. know, so Jesus, uh, he's in the tax collector booth and he just comes to him and like his eye, you know, the person they have cast as Jesus, like his eyes are just piercing and he looks like right into Matt. Matthew's soul and he's just like follow me and his accent and I could just like see it now and just think about how compelling that moment was and how it was like the Holy Spirit that just compelled him through Jesus and there he is he left it all well and- I will say something too about it I loved that it brought in a person who might be autistic who might have some savant qualities who might have some you know maybe OCD type of nervous tendencies, tendencies mm-hmm. brought like a real person who people like that really exist. Mm -hmm. And some of us have some of those qualities like Mm -hmm. in our lives and we deal with different things. Like it showed a person like that as one of Jesus disciples. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Cause like when I think about Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all those people, I think about myself. Like I'm like, Oh, they were just like me, you know, like, they weren't. They yeah. were just like regular, yeah. different types of people. It's our right? artistic license, obviously, but I think what well, they yeah, did was it, just showed such beautiful homage it, to the potential of yeah. the story. Well, I think it shows honor to different types of people. Yeah. That like somebody who who is different. Yeah. Uh, who and different is like kind of a weird word. Someone. Everyone is different from everyone. Yeah. <laughs> someone who has uh, certain tendencies, like an OCD tendency or a autistic issue there still can be a child of God and be accepted are, yeah. even to the point where they're portraying him as a disciple, mm-hmm. which is like, there's no higher level, right? It's like disciple, come on. Like that's the best of the best, you know? And so I think it just gives honor to different types of people, yeah. people with dyslexia, people, all sorts of, you know, where you might feel different. You might have a child who's like, oh, they're different, whatever. 
in God's eyes, they're loved and they are, you know, accepted. And I just think that's amazing. So The Chosen season one, we have watched and it was incredible. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. You should watch it. We have not seen Chosen season two yet. We got to start we, it. We got to start it. Well, what? I don't want to start it and then have to wait. So I think they're out. Yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah. We're the type. We have to like see them all. Okay. So I loved that. In that moment that Matthew said, yes, I'll follow you. He left everything and he followed Jesus. The very next verse, verse 15, it said, it happened that Jesus was reclining at the table in Levi, which is Matthew's house. And many tax collectors and sinners, including non-observant Jews, were eating with him and his disciples for there were many of them and they were following him. And I just love that Matthew's yes to Jesus allowed Jesus access to Matthew's people. So all of these people that Matthew was influencing or had a sphere of influence around, I love that Jesus now had access to them and that Matthew invited him right over to my house. Come to my house. I don't, all of these people, these are my friends. These are my people. I don't have new people. These are my people, the tax collectors, the sinners, the non-observant Jews. And Jesus just got to come right in. Like Matthew integrated Jesus right into his life right where he was at. He didn't wait until he had new friends. He didn't wait until he had no friends. He literally, it wasn't just him and Jesus doing life together. It was like he invited Jesus into his life as it was. And Jesus then got to have influence on his people. And I just thought that we as Christians, maybe as you know, you're a new believer, you haven't quite made the decision yet to follow Jesus. Like just say yes to Jesus follow him, and then invite him into your life, just how it is. Like, he doesn't need you to change anything for you to fo- to, to, to follow him, to start yeah. the process. Like, he is he is perfectly um, comfortable in whatever season of life you're in. Whatever yeah. you're into, whatever, like, he he just wants to do life with you and have a relationship with yeah. you. It's in that that the right changes are made in us. Yeah. Like, you know, you you get immediately accepted in the kingdom of God. You get immediately accepted and Jesus enters into your life. And then now there's this work with the Holy Spirit and you see it in Matthew, you see it in disciples where they work out their salvation yeah. and they begin to work certain things out of them. You know, mm-hmm. racism fell out from Peter eventually. Yep. Like, you know, just different things like that are coming out of these people. And it's like, wow, like these were some struggling folks. Yeah. And Jesus walked with them for three years and continued to walk with them into eternity. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I love uh, it. Okay. So what I saw was, um, at the end of Mark two was that Sabbath was made for man, for man, not, not man, man for, for the, the Sabbath. Sabbath. And so I just wanted to talk about the Sabbath and talk about rest. And I think the problem with most Sabbath talks is they're like, they're so focused on one thing or another, like all about rest or no, Jesus is our Sabbath. No need to rest that I just wanted to just talk rest. I wanted to talk Sabbath and just kind of get out there some some ideas, some scriptural ideas, theological ideas, and practical ideas. Uh, for one, Sabbath was a day of rest, and it was it started the day of rest started with God resting on the seventh day. Mm-hmm. Sabbath was later instituted in the law, so pre-law, so pre-Moses and all of that. Sabbath was a part of God and how He created the rhythm of the world. Six days of creation, seventh day of rest. So pre-law. Mm-hmm. Now, Moses, he came down with the law, and one of the Ten Commandments is to make the Sab- keep the Sabbath holy. I think and people so- forget that. I think people forget that it's a commandment. You think, yeah. like, honor your father and mother, don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery. Wait, what? Honor the Sabbath and right. keep it holy? Like, it is one of the ten. Right. 
as Gentiles, we haven't been necessarily, Im, you know, emburdened, emburdened or emburdened or burdened, burdened. I don't need an M or an M on nope. there. Just yep. burdened yep. with a <laughs> Jewish Sabbath day. Yeah. And so this is where it could get a little complicated as a Gentile. We don't necessarily have to have a Saturday Sabbath day, the mm-hmm. seventh day of the week. Mm-hmm. And there are some historical things that change why we meet on Sundays instead of Saturdays. Uh, one of the reasons that is said out there is because we couldn't get into a temple. We couldn't get into a house of worship on Saturday for it was the Jews were there then. Mm. So Christians started meeting on the first day of the week. It just became a common practice. So Sabbath as a practical thing is a day of rest, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Okay, it doesn't really matter what day it is. Um, and as a Gentile... And uh, if you want to make a Saturday, great. If you want to make a Sunday, great. And it's not a Jewish law thing either. It's a scriptural principle of rest that God started. And it's also something that Jesus uh, provided for us and said that Sabbath was made for man, not to mention Jesus is our eternal rest. So Jesus becomes a spiritual Sabbath to us. So we have physical Sabbath. We have a spiritual Sabbath. We, the spiritual Sabbath is this continual peace Mm -hmm. in our soul with God that we live, we work in a state of spiritual rest, Mm -hmm. okay? But I want to talk about physical rest because God created physical rest, not just in Sabbath, but he created with night and day. Mm -hmm. So we rest at night. That's the way God made it. He put rest into every creature, from every animal to every person, to flowers, to systems, to farming. Rest is a part of the way that God created the world. There's, it's in uh, Solomon song, or uh, Ecclesiastes. There's time to work. There's a time to rest. Mm-hmm. And so what, what rest needs to become in our life is part of the rhythm. Uh, what we do is we do a 24-hour rest where we start on like a Friday night at 6 and we go to Saturday at 6. So we kind of mirror... Or Thursday night, or we'll start Thursday night. Or start Thursday night. Yeah. Actually, we do Thursday night yeah. because the like I can't rest on Saturday a lot of times because I'm at church. Yeah. So we mirror the Jewish Sabbath from six to six. I love it. I think it makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. When you rest, this is a time to heal. This is your body when it rests, it physically heals. When your mind rests, your mind heals. Mm-hmm. The wounds and the damage that's created in your brain, you actually your brain heals. Uh, your emotions and all the, all of that begin to calm down, and you mm-hmm. find healing there. It also, when you rest, you restore strength. And so, where you've lost strength. Now, oh, I'm building my strength back up. Mm-hmm. I have um, a body battery that's in this phone <laughs> that tells me... Watch, in your watch. Yeah, this is a watch, not a phone, <laughs> that tells me um, when my body battery is low because I've been going too hard, I've been having to get enough sleep, I have too much heart rate's too high for too long. My body battery, we have a body battery that needs to be restored. Mm-hmm. And then it helps hit the reset button. I think about rest uh, as for our children. You mentioned school and how difficult... The summer can be for teachers, but the reality is rest is good for our kids. It's for them not to be doing constant work in a certain area. Whenever you rest from a mental activity for, say, an extended period of time, a month, month and a half, two months, uh, from sports, when you rest and you don't push, 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 your brain actually rewires. Mm -hmm. And I I found, I did this with a piano, and I got to end in like 50 seconds, but I played piano for 10 years. I couldn't play by ear. 
I stopped playing for about six months and I came back to it and all of a sudden I could play by ear. It was like all the stuff that was in the way of that just kind of got out of the way mm. because I wasn't in this root routine habit and yeah. I was able to look at it fresh at a, from a new fresh perspective. And so how do we rest? One is we ask God to help us. Uh, two is we actually work really hard so that we can have rest. Yeah. If you don't work hard to rest, you're just lazy, okay? <laughs> so you've got to work hard. To Thursday open the door. is our craziest day yes. of the week because we are working so hard to wrap up all the and loose you ends. You want to stop. Yes. You want to quit, but yeah. you don't. You work hard so that you can rest hard. Yeah. And I encourage you to do that. Let this summer be a summer of rest and re- restoration where you have a rhythm. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For 
over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.